This is the podcast, I Am Somebody, where every day is a fresh start, and you're listening to your host, Anthony Safelaw Collins. This is another day, I think this is about day 14 of the pandemic, and we're going to be talking uh, with a few people today about, you know, their life, how has it changed, what does it look like for them professionally and personally. And I want you guys to call in, as I say all the time, is a link on the podcast for you to call in, leave a message, and I'll hit you up with the question that I want you guys to answer. And the question is, do you think Dr. Hype should open schools back up? Or should he follow other schools like in Alabama and Delaware for go this year? Again, do you think Dr. Height should open schools back up, being though it's almost April, when we have two more months left, or should he follow other schools like the schools in Alabama and Delaware and for, to, and for gold this year? As we know, universities all over the country have, have already shut down and are not coming back. And so... Hit us up. You can go to the Facebook page. And you can hit me up at anchor slash I am somebody 215. Or you can go to my Facebook page <clears throat> under Anthony Collins or the Mad uh, Therapist or the I am somebody uh, podcast Facebook page and call us in and leave a message. All right. So let's move forward, and we're going to be getting right to it, and we're going to be talking to Kenyatta Bay, former head coach of Orton Reed High School boys basketball team, community advocate, and founder and a director of the Point Breeze Youth Development uh, um, Basketball League. He does a lot of things for South Philadelphia, Philadelphia, and currently he's the um, the administrator, the athletic director for Orrery High School. Hey, how, how you doing, people? And we welcome back to the I Am Somebody podcast, where every day is a fresh start. On the line, we have our senior member of our community, our brother in faith, uh, and a family member, Kenyatta Bay. Um, going to ask him a couple questions, and he's going to answer politely. <laughs> uh, and uh, just give us some insight on, you know, how his life is, uh, how he's dealing with um, the pandemic that is occurring. Um, at this moment, and other things as far as the Point Breeze Youth Development, his uh, professional uh, life as a athletic director, um, and some other things. Uh, how you doing, Kenyatta? 
Alhamdulillah. Hey, same for you. So, we know, you know, that uh, as I stated, um, you are athletic director um, for Orton Reed High School. Yes. Uh-huh. And, um, you Universal, know, Universal Orton Reed Charter High School. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, Universal Charter Orton Reed High School. Um, can you give me, can you give the listeners uh, some insight on what may be happening um, in the future as far as uh, students return, students and staff returning to school? Well, um, just like everybody else right now, we're just waiting on the word from um, Dr. Height and the mayor and the, the president I, to hear from them how we're going to proceed. Mm-hmm. I really don't see school opening back up because, you know, you have colleges and universities closing down and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think it's just uh, a no-brainer for mm-hmm. some high schools and, you know, schools in our community to close down as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think many of our listeners may agree with that as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, uh, the operation of a school and school system. And uh-huh. I think you have to take that all into account of, you know, the the interaction with the amount of people, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, for every classroom, um, you have one teacher and mm-hmm. you have anywhere between 18 to 23 mm-hmm. students in the class at, mm-hmm. at one time. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, doing transition, which means when when classes are changing, you have anywhere between uh, two to three hundred students traveling in the hallway at the same time mm-hmm. within a two to three minute period. You got yeah. two to three minutes, two to three minutes to get from one class to the next. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I don't see how you can practice social distancing mm-hmm. in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, listen, man, and, and we already know that, you know, young children aren't the most sanitized, <laughs> you know, individuals on the place on the planet Earth. Yeah, you know, they say, do you know, when you go to, you, you work in an environment like that, kids, you know, bring germs, mm-hmm. you get sick, yeah. when you're working around children, you know, yeah. so that's why we, they got a lot of, got a lot of hand, uh, hand sanitizer dispensers mm-hmm. in the building, mm-hmm. so. And that's one way where we can combat that um, uh, along with washing hands and covering your your mouth from, you know, coughing and sneezing. And as well as just the first thing, the line of defense, stay home if you're sick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's, the, that's the universal message. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're sick, stay home. Yeah, yeah. And so being an a athletic director, and that's your professional position and at the Universal Orange Reed Charter High School, how do you think that's going to, how do you think this pandemic is going to impact that moving forward? Well, um, it's, the sem- it's the same situation like with the universities and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. all sports activities has been ceased. Mm-hmm. You know, p- amateur and professional as well. So, you know, it's, it's we just got to go according to the laws of the land. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. of course, I'm going to miss interacting with students and things like that, but mm-hmm. we, there's nothing that I can do mm. in regards to um, being there and working in the, in the building, you know, because the building, everything's closed. Got you, got you. So uh, I think, like, I, I don't know, and it may be, you know, just 
you know, maybe thinking. Uh, universities uh, like D1, D2, D3, maybe um, some other uh, big uh, programs, high school programs. Does the AD continue doing the work even though it's closure, like summertime? Do you still do work in the summer even though school is not in session? Well, there's there's some things that we can we can do mm-hmm. in regards to data entry mm-hmm. and responding to emails mm-hmm. and things of that sort. But it all comes down from the higher ups. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, a, um, a board, a, a chairman of the board who follows the direction of the governor. Gotcha. So what he does, he gets the information from the governor and from mm-hmm. the people that are above him, and then he disseminates the information to all of our, all of the ADs across the state. Mm-hmm. So we have to follow the protocols. You know what I'm saying? So there's everything is like at a standstill at, at this time gotcha. until until we get further notice from the higher ups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what would you um, what, what advice would you give to the parents of the students of uh, Universal or Reed Charter High School? Um, I would say adhere to the laws of the land. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Stay in. You know what I'm saying? If you, as much as you can, practice social distancing, and of course, whatever information that they have out there about the pandemic, try to educate yourself about it so you can be equipped mm. on how to handle the situation. Because yes. one thing that we should never do is be out here in the blind, mm-hmm. doing things and, and, you know, not educating ourselves before we make moves, you yes. know? Yes. Knowledge precedes speech and action. Yes, yes it does. And that's excellent advice. And hopefully our listeners, and if some of them are the parents of the students that attend, uh, Universal Charter uh, or Reed High School that they adhere to that. And that was great advice. And because that's great advice, I want to transition to your other part of your life, which is uh, the the one of the founders and director of um, Point Breeze Youth Development. Um, I mean, you, you do a lot, you do a lot, you know, in uh, the, the community of uh, South Philadelphia. And it has been over 20 something years. So, uh-huh. you know, this COVID-19, you know, is, is, it has an impact on recreation. Um, uh-huh. And so how is how is Point Breeze Youth Development going to move forward in that aspect? Well, um, well at this time, um, um, what I'm doing now is reaching out to, to funding sources and trying to see if I can get some funding for the program. Mm-hmm. And once the the epidemic is uh, gone, we can move forward with our program. So what I'm doing right now is I'm doing the the legislative portions of of everything, Mm -hmm. reaching out to potential sponsors and things like that, filling out grant applications and Mm -hmm. things of that sort, and try to get things in line so when this epidemic passes, then we can move forward. But of course, we, we, we have to wait until the higher ups or the powers that be mm. gives us the, the, uh, the permission to move forward because mm. the recreation center where we do the league is mm-hmm. closed. I went over there the other day or was riding by there the other day to see about getting the permit. <clears throat> and they have signs all over the place saying that the recreation center is closed. Mm. 
For for those who don't know, can you give us a a a, a brief history of Point Bree Youth Development, like the conception of it? Where was it at? Where is it at now? And where do you okay. like it to go? Um, uh, we started like twenty three years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, my brother Daube mm-hmm. had an idea about uh, doing some things for the youth as well as some things in the community, and he. he was trying to start a, a program called the um, Point Breeze uh, Youth Development uh, Security Corporation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a spinoff with the basketball program. So mm-hmm. we tried to get some young people together and try to provide different resources for our children. Because, mm-hmm. you know, our children have many different type of needs. Yes. So we figured we, you know, get the ball to bounce and to attract their attention mm-hmm. and um, to get them all to come out and things like that. And then connect them to different resources and programs and things like that, dealing with all aspects of life, you know, your, your life skills, your conflict resolutions, and, you know, just a whole host of uh, resources and programs. So uh, for whatever reason, he started, he started doing some other things and I just kept it moving with the basketball program. Mm-hmm. So we um, got, the, got our 501c3 status mm-hmm. and, you know, I just start continue to move forward. So people start seeing what I was doing and they would start, you know, helping out and participating and things like that. And the, our, um, the late Russell Butler mm-hmm. was one of our biggest sponsors and, of course, Dion Waiters, he, he, he contributes at some time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just try to keep things going for the, for the, for the young people. Cause back when we were coming up, we only had limited resources and now they have plenty. So I just wanted to be a part of that, um, growth and development stage to help the young people to come out and uh, give them a, a stage mm. or a platform to mm-hmm. provide for them so they can, um, display their skills and mm-hmm. talents and things like that. And then mm-hmm. I can advise them and, you know, direct them to, different resources again and you know encourage them to get their educations and things like that so it's a lot that goes with it you know and then my son Malik got killed Mm -hmm. through the gun violence and things like that and you know then I start working together with um, Councilman Kenyatta Johnson he does Mm -hmm. a he has a program called um, Peace Not Guns Mm -hmm. and we did some collaborations with him when we uh, we have some of our young people play Against some of the the, uh, the police departments, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, to try to you know get get them to see that the policemen and things like that they're human beings as well, and they like yeah. some of the same things that we like mm-hmm. or that they like, so they can have a different type of uh, relationship as opposed to every time I see you doing something wrong, I'm locking you up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a whole lot of different things that you can do mm-hmm. to to keep things going. But the thing of it is, is that we have people who really want to be a part of uh, changing the life and helping saving our young people. Mm-hmm. And we have people that say they want to, mm-hmm. but they're not really doing much according to what they say. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and there's always roadblocks and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, put there. Um, yeah, then you know people have their lives and they they, they got their families and mm-hmm. their own children and things like that. I mm-hmm. get it, mm-hmm. but you know, just you know, 
it's, it's, it's always uh, rewards and benefits when you're trying to come back and give back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to the young people. Yeah. So where we are right now, we're not we're not where we used to be mm-hmm. in regards to how the league used to run because mm-hmm. um, at one point we had like five or six age groups. Okay. Now I'm on a tip where I'm only going to do two age groups. You okay. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, a, the pleasure of meeting with one of the, the Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Scott. Mm-hmm. He donated some money for a couple years for to, um, to do the younger groups, the mm-hmm. 12s and the 14s. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where I'll stay. You know what I mean? Because, okay. you know, we got this, 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 we have another plague in our community that's been in our community a long time before this uh, corona. Mm. It's this this gun violence, you know yes, what I'm saying? And yes, it's, yes. it's interfering with a lot of things in our community, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why uh, the league we don't have as many age groups as we had before because yes. of safety concerns. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you know, if parents have safety concerns, and some of the some of the young people are, are, are living in neighborhoods and. The, if you come into another neighborhood, you might have a problem with somebody in, in the neighborhood that you're coming in. So it's a whole lot of stuff. So yeah, and even with gentrification, it's still mm-hmm. gun violence mm-hmm. is still plaguing us. And I, I don't think like the people that's moving in understand uh, the severity. Oh no, no, no! They don't know the history. Yeah. All they see is these nice, beautiful buildings mm-hmm. that they moving into, and they don't have to pay taxes for some time, mm-hmm. and they just in here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. For a, a short period of time, and then they moving on to the next beautiful building where they don't have to pay taxes for a certain amount of years again. Yeah. So if if, if the listeners uh, wanted to get in touch with you, how how could they get in touch with Point Previews Development? Uh. You can just hit me up on my email. Mm-hmm. My email is uh, Kenyatta Bay at Yahoo. Mm-hmm. My name is my address, Kenyatta Bay at Yahoo.com. Okay. You can hit me on my cell. Okay. Well, and, and if you know, you can get that at a later date. Um, we want to give it out so people can be, you know, bringing your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, no, it's, it's okay. Okay. Well, go, go ahead. Give it out. My, uh, my number is 267 333. Two nine two two. Okay, and so anybody interested in getting a team or want to help to come volunteer and do mm-hmm. some, you know, some mentoring, some coaching, or refereeing, mm-hmm. or anything, you know, uh, managing the, the behaviors or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just give me a call. Okay, and, and your home court is Chew Playground, nineteenth and Washington Avenue. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give a shout out to Councilman Kenyatta Johnson again because mm-hmm. not only did he help us to get new um, the new grounds, the new playing surface mm-hmm. this 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 year he got us new court, new baskets. So now we own, we got fiberglass baskets now okay. at your playground. All right, awesome, awesome. So that, once again, this is Kenyatta Bay. Uh, he's a uh, athletic director at Universal Charter. Gordon Reed High School, and he's also a founder and director of Point Breeze Youth Development. And he's a great person uh, to sit and talk to. If you want to learn the history of South Philadelphia, you want to know whatever you want to know, I get advice from him uh, as far as, um, and I, I spoke about you in, in one of my podcasts and dealing with uh, mental health and dealing with anger and how to combat anger. And, and you recognize it in me at a young age. 
um, and uh, talking to me about it. Uh, and, and I, you know, I have no nothing to hide, and it's still something that I, I deal with today uh, uh-huh. through, you know, the religion of Islam and just life in general. Uh, uh-huh. Learning different coping skills and how to combat that, uh-huh. you know, in the in the in the, in the uh, at that time where it's like evident, like here it comes, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So right, right. Uh, yeah. So like I was mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in our conversation, that knowledge precedes speech and action. You mm-hmm. have to educate yourself in order to, to be prepared. Yeah. yeah. And so education I, is key. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Information is power, you know, uh-huh. and that's one of the things that I'm trying to really get out. To the people that the more information, sound information that you have, the better you're equipped and the more powerful you can be. That's the key word, sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound information. Yeah, because yeah. you got to be careful where you get your information from. Too. Yes, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. And I just want to uh, uh, um, say that, and I know I said this to you a, a while ago, but to confirm or reaffirm, that I will, that I am, or the vertebrae support service will be donating um, to the Point Free Youth Development uh, this summer, even if it didn't go, uh, even if it doesn't go, but based on the the pandemic, we will uh, Uh be donating. um, Greatly appreciated, Sabre. And you always, you always assist me in some kind of way. Even even with your time and your resources, either way it goes, it's well welcome to Greatly appreciate it. Appreciate you a lot, bro. Uh, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. And so for anybody else, listen, don't be shy. You know, <laughs> the, these these programs need you because the children need you. And if you're in a community, living in a community, is a must uh, that you step up and do something. All right. So I thank you again for coming on with us, Kenyatta. Okay. Uh, enjoy welcome. your day and stay safe, bro. Inshallah. You too. Assalamu <laughs> Our next caller is a well-respected person, well-respected human being, coach. He's a father, son, brother, uncle to many. Um, he's a inhabitant of the P, better known as South Philadelphia, former player at West Philadelphia High, and can now currently the head coach of Orton Reed girls or the universal charter Orton Reed girls high school team. Uh, his name is Kevin Slaughter. Welcome. Welcome to the I Am Somebody podcast where every day is a fresh start. How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good. Good afternoon, everybody. Awesome. Awesome. So, Kev, uh, this pandemic, man, I, I know it's been like a whirlwind. is tying you up and is, you know, cutting people's uh, ability to connect. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how is it, how this virus has impact you uh, in a positive and in a negative way? All right, I'm going to start with the negative since there's really not a lot of negative, but the negative to me, believe it or not, is uh, for one, I'm not a... Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought I lost you. For one, uh, I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the days that I'm out of work, I don't get paid. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have, you know, any vacation time mm-hmm. or any kind of like savings put up, you know, I'd have just been, you know, ass out, shooting mm-hmm. my language. Mm-hmm. That's okay. So that, so that, so that part right there is a little rough. Uh, 
But, you know, other than that, other than having to stay six feet to four feet away from people and keeping my children away from, mm-hmm. you know, being around their friends or, you know, being able to go out, that's, that's about the most negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as positivity, there's a lot of positives, man. Uh, like yourself, I'm a Muslim, I'm mm-hmm. a religious dude, mm-hmm. and uh, I can always be, in my personal opinion, I could have been a better Muslim. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel as though with... Uh, but this time home with me and my family, mm-hmm. you know, we have been, uh, we've been reading, mm-hmm. you know, getting into the Quran, yes. you know, studying Islam a little better, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest child, I never really wanted to, like, force it upon her because she was so young. Mm-hmm. But now that she's five, I'm starting to, you know, give her some of the teachings, you know what I'm saying, that I had learned. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive, you know what I'm saying? And, like, yes. my mother, she's a, a Christian, and uh, she's been saying that, as a whole in the world, we just worship too much. Mm. We worship basketball players. We worship mm. sports. Mm. You know, we worship uh, cars and mm. clothes. And mm-hmm. We worship actors. And all of a sudden, you know, Allah is taking that from us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. can't do none of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, in a positive way, as far as like just, you know, get closer to the family and mm-hmm. closer to the religion, that that's one of the good things. But um, as far as like my everyday uh, coaching activity, like uh, I had, you know, told you and some others before, I'm doing some great recruiting right now, man. It's, it's cyber recruiting, mm. and it's uh, it's verbal recruiting because of via telephone. Mm-hmm. But uh, just trying to uh, in, encourage some uh, parents to give me a chance to uh, mentor and teach their children the game of basketball mm-hmm. um, on a high school level. Yes, um, and when I say recruiting, I don't mean you know, illegal recruiting or anything like that. I mean, just basically trying to, uh, what I'm looking for, trying to, uh, stop, trying to direct these kids, you know, to Universal. Mm-hmm. Because as anybody that follows female basketball around the city of Philadelphia, everybody knows right now, West Catholic, uh, uh, Ruben Garay, mm-hmm. uh, Temp, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're the top, like, Schools where the kids go, okay. Where the basketball goes, mm-hmm. the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got a uh, think um, Constitution is starting to get some girls now, also. Oh right. Constitution is starting to get some girls. So it's like, uh, basically, for the last six, seven years, I've always been at that bottom for for getting the really good basketball players. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to try to like take all the credit but a lot of the success that our, our girls program has had has just been from myself mm. uh, Marvin O'Connor supporting me mm. uh, Chance Franklin mm. working out some of my kids uh, Jason um, I forgot little Jason name you know little Jason Clayton all your league uh, uh, Jason Clayton Jason Clayton yeah mm. Jason Clayton Rashid Bay, like some of these guys, Marvin Stetson, they, they helped me out with some of my kids that I got. Mm-hmm. And I turn it, I turn a kid that may be a social ball player mm-hmm. and, and with work and, uh, you know, just working them out and training them and practicing with them, they get better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I actually got a kid now that uh, Sean Colson is actually training wow. uh, one of my girls at mm-hmm. Ordinary. Mm-hmm. So, we do stuff like that, man, and, and that's, that's what I've been doing to, uh, to get positive results. That's awesome. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's basically 
safety what we're doing, but right now because you know because of the virus and we can't get out the house, it's, it's not a lot of training or working out and mm-hmm. playing basketball. Period going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, so right now, basically, as we all know, social media is a big part of like promotion and anything you do right now. And uh, I, I pretty much gained a big reputation, not only in Philadelphia, but uh, all over the country, man, with uh, my all girls basketball camp. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't have, there's not a lot of camps. Uh, I don't know about uh, around the world, but I know in America, there's not a lot of camps that just focus on girls. Mm-hmm. They have like, uh, they have like, you know, camps where it's co-ed, one in his girls, one in his boys, and yes. a couple of days out the week is girls, a couple of days out the week is girls, boys, or whatever. The camp that I've been running across from Wilson and over at Smith Playground, mm-hmm. I started there back in 2011. We always started off with four to five to six girls. Now we can get all the way up to 65 kids, wow. and it's all it's all girls. Mm. So mm. now I got college coaches, high school coaches, middle school coaches. Mm. They'll reach out to me via Instagram or mm. Facebook, and mm-hmm. you know, give me some information about your camp or whatever. So as we've done that, you know. It's like basketball filled up, you're growing up, you build relationships with different people. Yes. So now I have uh like this I give this example. There's a guy that played high school basketball Philly. I can't remember his name, he's a little younger than us. He might be like class of ninety eight or ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife moved to Ohio. Okay. Because his wife got a really good job. Mm-hmm. Uh in Ohio, his daughter was one of the best uh ninth grade basketball players in Ohio. Mm. Uh, well, eighth grade first, and mm-hmm. then I tried to get her because they were talking about coming back to Philly this year. She'd been a freshman, mm-hmm. but they didn't come back. They're still in Ohio. So now, her basketball coach and her team wants to come up to Philly for a week mm-hmm. and spend time at our basketball camp and work out at North Reeves Gym and wow. do some stuff in Philly. Wow. And uh, there's sort of people that say things like, uh, well, you know, if I ever came to Philly to live, you know, could I look you up? Mm-hmm. Or, Mm-hmm. So could we, you know, maybe talk about maybe we go to Orton Reed or what kind of school is it? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's sometimes the parent may say, I don't care how good of a coach you are or how good of a school Orton Reed is. I want my daughter to go to a private school mm-hmm. or a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, in town, reach out to a West Catholic coach or mm-hmm. to the Newman coach mm-hmm. and say, well, look, I got a kid that I can't have. Mm-hmm. And uh, that particular kid is... Uh, that particular kid, you know, I feel as though would make a, a good, uh, you know, a good, a good student athlete for you. Mm. That's selfless on your part, but how difficult is that for you? Well, it ain't difficult for me at all because I'm already used to not getting the top kid. Okay. okay. I'm already not, I'm already used to that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, it's not difficult at all for me. Mm. Does it, do, do you see that, like, re- reciprocated? On other people, on other coaches' parts? No, I don't. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, and I, and I don't. I definitely don't get that. I actually get the opposite. Um, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not gonna slander any names mm-hmm. or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely gonna tell some true stories. There's been situations where uh, I've had a kid who came to Orton who actually she's a Division One basketball player now. Okay. And uh, the school she was at in high school, with ninth grade wasn't a good school. Mm-hmm. She wasn't she wasn't really even that good of a player. Okay. And after spending about two or three years with us over Smith, she just kept getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And as she came to Orton Reed, mm-hmm. she spent like three weeks in Orton Reed and 
she had about four or five coaches in that year that said, oh, that's not the school for you. Mm. You know, Florida's a good coach, but that's just not the environment for you. Mm. And again, she wanted to go to a, a, a really good school, and she mm. was like a fourth or fifth best player on that team. Okay. But if she would have stayed at home three, she would have been the second best player on our team. Mm, mm. And, and, and and she might have went to a better college because she, they would have saw more that she could have done playing in my system and playing with me and how I coached. Mm-hmm. She was more of like a robot mm. when she went to this other school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've had kids tell me uh, on numerous occasions, eighth grade kids, you know, I got two freshmen right now. This is, this is an awesome situation because, again, uh, I'm Muslim. I have a young lady, she's an Islamic young girl, mm-hmm. and uh, she went to a, what's it called? Uh, uh, Richard Allen. She mm-hmm. was Richard Allen Middle School, which mm-hmm. is at 58th and Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Kenyatta Bay, who's our athletic director, said, uh, Florida, there's a sister in the school. I want you to meet her. She can fall. I'm like, you sure? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I know all the basketball players, because most of them play with me in the summer or yes. play with me in the fall or the league. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me he's a top-notch player. She's a ninth grader. She's real good. So I'm like, well, how she get here without me trying to get her here or whatever? And he was like, she just decided to come here. So and we had our basketball trial. She came into the office, came and talked to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, how did you get all three? She said, well, first, I had applied to very Mm. She had tried to get a central. She was trying to get me to different schools, mm-hmm. and all the schools had denied her. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it was because her grades wasn't up to par, mm-hmm. or she didn't make the cut, or whatever. You know, some of the schools you got to get accepted. Mm-hmm. So her parents are defensive Africa. They're from Nigeria. Okay, she speaks she speaks English very well, but her family they're from their their African descent. Okay, and uh. She said that um, she wanted to play basketball, and a girl who went to her middle school had was in the same situation, had went to go to Masters South, mm-hmm. which is Thomas, mm-hmm. now South Philly, mm-hmm. and she tried to get Terry also, couldn't get it. So she was like, so what you want to do about high school? She said, well, my sister is a real good basketball player, and she was telling me that if she wouldn't have went to Masters South, she would have tried to go to Orton Reed to play for Slaughter. Mm. So she's like, well, who's Slaughter? She was like, oh, he's a good coach. Mm. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. So her parents took her big sister's word mm. and basically enrolled her in Orton Reed. Mm. And then until she told her African friend, well, you know, this is one of the top two or three public schools in the city mm-hmm. on the basketball level. And let's just do our whole investigation about Orton Reed Mm. academically mm. and come to find out man it worked out for both of them and I got two really good basketball players out the deal and I didn't even recruit I didn't even know they were coming Wow! so every now and then a law will bless you and mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. you know and that's basically kind of what happened mm. with that situation um, it was an awesome thing man and now I got two kids that are freshmen that's going to be entering the 10th grade next year oh that's great uh, that's great yeah that's great. so sometimes you get you get little blessings like that, man. Um, the worst part of it, and uh, this is a national thing, and this is something that um, I'm glad that you asked me a question about um, this pandemic, is that a lot of kids and adults, they think the uh, set on social media is end-all, be-all, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not enough uh, resources. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, like you'll see a guy on the, social media selling a product or mm-hmm. uh, 
showing a kid how to dribble mm-hmm. a basketball a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I was telling a guy one day, this guy actually works for NBA players. I had said, you think Isaiah Thomas used all this equipment that you're using or Pistol Pete Mavericks mm-hmm. used this? Mm-hmm. Or even, I'm going to just go as far as like Kenny Anderson or mm-hmm. Pearl Washington. Mm-hmm. Guys just had crazy handles. They did things like this and just dribble around their neighborhood. I said, right now, we can't go outside. And I made a statement. I said, whoever's listening, if you're a basketball player, go in your basement where all the junk is at. There's a bunch of stuff. People need to just throw junk in their basement mm-hmm. or their garage. Go down there with a basketball and dribble through the junk. Mm-hmm. Through the junk. Mm-hmm. Turn the light off. You know what I'm saying? I remember hearing Bill Kareem Brad Challenges to tell me that when he was a kid, he used to dribble in his mom's basement in the dark mm-hmm. or close his eyes and dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the techniques that I used to use, I used to get face bandages or rope and tie my right arm to my body. Yeah, my mom tie my right arm to my body. Mm-hmm. And I would dribble under the 25th Street Bridge mm-hmm. from Wilson mm-hmm. all the way down to Washington Avenue with my left hand in and out those poles, mm-hmm. those poles. Mm-hmm. That was my drill. Mm-hmm. So I just, a lot of, a lot of kids don't know that there's things you can do in the house. Yes. You can work out on your own. Jump rope on your step, you can sit up, push up, do all kinds of basketball, do a golf, your ball, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that uh, people didn't have 500 years ago and they made away. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes, man, along with put you in a situation to understand it, you know, you, you better make a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All yeah. this technology ain't going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the pandemic definitely has put a stop to certain things, but it also, as you said earlier, that you can reinvent your in ways on how to do things. Like you might can't right. uh, personally recruit a, a young lady, but you can call them, right? And you can right. talk to them. You could do so many things. You could write a letter, but what it does is still increases the social uh, aspect of of human life, right? I'm, I'm reaching right. out. I'm engaging. I'm interacting with with, with the uh, young lady and her family, and. Mm-hmm. And it's shown that you care, and I'm 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 so glad to hear that you know, or the Universal Orange Charter High School Girls Program is thriving. You didn't you didn't one thing you didn't do you didn't mention your program as a top program, and it is a top program. It is. Um, what, what are some you know because we won't have that much time, but just a history of Universal your Universal uh, Orange Charter High School Girls Program. Where have you started to where you're at now? A brief, brief one. Okay. Well, real quick. I, my first year was um, 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made it to playoffs that year for the first time in 30 years of mm-hmm. the school. They had never, the girls program had never been to playoffs. Mm-hmm. Ever. Uh, 2014, we made it to the state playoffs. 2015, we made it to the final four. For four straight years, 15, 16, 17, 18, went to the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we finally broke through in 2019. We made it to the championship game. Mm-hmm. First time that any sport in ordinary history, not only universal ordinary, ordinary history, mm-hmm. that any sport made it to the public league championship mm-hmm. at that school, which was big. And now we, we're getting some kids. We're getting some transfers. Mm-hmm. And like I told you about the two young ladies yeah. asking that, we're getting some girls. We're not getting the the top, top mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. but we're getting, we're getting the kids, we're getting the leftovers. Uh-huh. We're getting the kids that are saying, well, hey, I'm not a top five eighth grader. I might be the sixth or seventh ranked eighth grader in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try my luck over here. I think I'm going to get some playing time over here. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's that thing within itself. And then we get into schools. Yeah. Like we got Tulsa University of Tulsa mm. recruiting our kids. We mm. got Iona. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Temple University recruiting one of my kids. Awesome. You know, awesome. Uh, I had a kid that uh, whose mom was staying in Philadelphia but her boyfriend lived out in Coatesville and mm-hmm. had a situation where they wouldn't let her play. Okay. Because her school, her last school was Coatesville and mm-hmm. they thought that she was traveling from Coatesville to Philly. Mm-hmm. So we lost out on that kid, but mm-hmm. she was like a big time player. She's still a high school actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the fact of getting a kid of that stature mm-hmm. wanting to leave Coatesville and come mm-hmm. to Horton Reed yeah. is big time within itself. Yeah, and so it's... It's just it's stuff like that is different. Yeah, it says a lot about you and as, you know, uh, I just always want to give the opportunity if individuals wanted to get in touch with you after listening to the show about their daughter, uh, how could they get in touch with Coach Slaughter? Well, uh, first off, they can find me on Facebook, which my name is just Kevin Slaughter. It's really easy. And you'll see me on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go to Coach Slaughter, uh, Coach underscore Slaughter on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can have my number. And my number is uh, 267-816- Six nine seventeen, and the biggest thing that I want people to understand is that I just don't do high school. I do eight years old to eighteen years old. Okay. So if you got an eight year old daughter that's just getting started, or a ten year old daughter, or a twelve year old daughter, you know they don't have to, you know, be coming to my school. I'm, I'm trained a lot of kids. I mean, Diamond Johnson from Linda Gretti who just mm-hmm. had that whole big old deal with the McDonald's All American thing. That's one of my kids. Mm-hmm. I was actually one of the first. I'm actually, I am, I'm sorry, not one. I am the first person that put her with girls' basketball. She mm. never played with girls until she met me. Mm. Mm. So, uh, you know, her uh, uh, brother Milt and Kareem Anderson's book, they had her playing with boys. And then they brought her to me when she was in fifth grade. And I had Diamond from fifth all the way up pretty much to like 10th. Mm. The last two years, she's mm. kind of been, uh, she hasn't been coming to the camp, you know, mm-hmm. as high as her level has taken her. Yeah. But when she was you when know, she was young and nobody knew who she was, she was at South Philadelphia Youth Group, right over the Swift. Yeah. Right over uh over at Chief's Playground. And what is it called? What's your what's the uh, program called? It's called South Philadelphia Urban Youth Group. We call it S P U I G. Okay, there you go, guys. South Philadelphia Urban Youth Group. Youth group, yep. yeah. And so that's that's Coach Slaughter. And if you would like to get in contact with him, he dropped his information. And much success to you, inshallah. And we'll be talking soon, Coach. Oh, man, I appreciate you having me on, Super Law. And, and, and blessings to you and everybody and your family. All right, with Islam. Appreciate you. All right. So we'll be right back. And again, you're listening to the I Am Somebody podcast where every day is a fresh start. And just to remember, question of today, do you think that Dr. Hype should open schools back up or should he follow other schools like in Alabama and Delaware and for go this year? Hit us up. Follow the link. Again, it's up on our Facebook page at Anthony Collins. Or at I Am Somebody uh, Facebook page. Leave your message. I want to know your thoughts and your opinions. And it will be played on one of our future shows. All right. Peace. We'll be right back.
songs in the key of life. Moments prisoner, trying to live a free life. Crazy days, we coming like a thief at night. I got my peace of mind, telling me to fight. Stay with my A likes, cause we see a light. Till the fire next time, I'ma need a light to guide me. So much going on outside me, I wonder why we do the things we do in loneliness. In search of solitude, I deal with the same issues that my father do. With every molecule and cell in my body, I'm human as well, but I dwell with the godly. I hardly scratch the surface of my purpose. I had money and I still felt worthless. Hope this hurt tell the story of the journey of mine. On the path that the divine, still searching for signs. And I'm running round in circles, flying high and I'm searching out the echoes and the signs. Who we are. Yes, who are we? People, really. In this day and time, on March the 28th, 2020, at 2.33 p.m., who are we? Because we seem to not get that social distancing is key to not getting sick. There are things, or there is a saying, <clears throat> that if you tie your camel and put your trust in the Lord above and all that is created, everything will be all right, okay? And right now, everyone is in tying their camel. People are having barbecues. People are selling stuff on the street, setting up a table. I mean, it's too much interaction. Yeah, I know. It's nice outside. We don't want to stay in because it's nice. We get cabin fever, all that in the above. However, to stay safe, to keep yourself safe, your children safe, if you have any, your parents, if you have any, your sisters and brothers, whoever, the loved ones and your friends that you care for, please practice social distancing. Not like 30th and Lehigh, where it was no social distancing being practiced. At Bob Crab Shack, I believe the name, it's is a some stuff going around on social media, <clears throat> pictures of I think almost around 30 to 50 people congregating for some crabs. Seafood was on the menu. And yes, our people had to have it. What a shame. And I mean, that's all I could say because it really left me like shocked that people would really stand. And it's been going on for a week. Yesterday just was a nice day and people were out, but this has been going on for a week. People have been not practicing social distancing, going to this place at 30th and Lehigh. And actually, 30th and Bob, the owners, whoever it may be, maybe they should put things in place so people can stay safe. These people are your patrons. You should want them to stay safe because they might not come back if one of them gets sick. Or if they get sick, guess what? Your shop has been May. I don't know. City may shut it down. So let's come, let's people, let's let's be responsible. Let's care for one another. And let's stop making decisions based on our tummy. All right, because it can affect your money. And so this, again, you're tuned into the I Am Somebody podcast, where every day is a fresh start. Now, I'm your host, Anthony Safelaw Collins. And I just want to remind you guys, I need women to call in. I need women voices. I was raised by a woman or women, and I value their voice. 
please let us hear from you. We want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your feedback on what is being said on this podcast, because this is about interacting with all individuals, not just men, black men, but all individuals, specifically our mothers and the queens of this universe. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the I Am Somebody podcast, where every day is a fresh start. We're going to switch it up a little bit, still talking about physical, mental, social, and emotional well-being, as well as, you know, the the changes that everyone um, most likely is going through and dealing with um, the fear and anxiety uh, from this virus, COVID-19. Um, on the line, we have a young man who has been an intricate part in a lot of uh, youth lives for many years. Um, I mean, he's been, you know, he's at the YMCA. He's done some AAU. He's coaching at, you know, at a prestigious uh, Catholic school. He's been all over, but and he's been making a huge impact in these young men's lives. Um, so without further ado, hey, how you doing, Warren? I'm good. How am I? Great, 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 brother. Uh, uh, um, thank you for having me. Say that again? I said thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, man, without a doubt, without a doubt, man. I mean, you, 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 your posts are on, the, are on point. They are very thought-provoking. And, you know, to have someone, you know, like yourself, especially your uh, fellow uh, dragon. So I had to bring my fellow dragon on. So tell, tell you know, the audience who Warren Eddie is. Um, I appreciate you being humble, man. But, you know, at some point, you know, that humbleness is needed. But at some point, we still have to, you know, not saying you be boastful, but you're doing an excellent job, man. And, you know, and I'm sure, you know, the families appreciate you for those men who for those young men who don't have, you know, a positive uh, African-American uh, male in their lives. 
so, so I, I mean, I, all the success to you. And so, your AAU program, where who who is that? What is the AAU, pro, oh, AAU program called? So for the past three years, mm-hmm. um, I was coaching with Philadelphia Balls, which is another uh, program um, originated from South Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where a lot of South Philadelphia legends played at. Mm-hmm. And some of them used to coach that. Uh, the uh, Dion Leader, mm-hmm. Rick, mm-hmm. um, Rab, and a couple of the guys all started at Philadelphia Balls. Um, okay. So that's where I was with the uh, last three years. Okay. Now this year, um, unfortunately, uh, as everybody knows, basketball was canceled, but mm-hmm. this year I was moving on. Okay. So this year I was moving on to another um, eight program. But okay. when I started in my last three years, I was with um, Philadelphia Balls, man. Yeah, it was a great program. Cool. It was a lovely experience. Mm-hmm. I got to interact with a lot of different families, a lot of different kids. It was all, it was all family, man. Oh, that's great. All family. And I, I enjoyed every last three years of it. Okay. Uh, did y'all did and yeah and so what high school are you at? I'm at Newman Gurney High School, and I've been here for the last three years as well. Three years, and didn't y'all do something great this year? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sir, yeah, sir. Okay. Y'all cheers, man. Uh, congratulations. A lot of hard work, man. Yeah, congratulations. A lot of hours in that gym. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's you know that's uh, Newman Gurney has a very very uh, steep tradition. Um, a lot of guys had and girls have came from there. So yeah, congratulations, yeah, man. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach Carl, this is his first title in like five or six years. Mm. I mean, mm. this, this was the only, we knew from the very beginning this was, we had a chance to do something special this year. So, mm. I mean, the guys, the guys came together, they sat, they, they battled, they fought, but a different type of energy and intensity this year, man, they just made plays mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. That's great, man. That's great. Philly ball. Philly ball, man. They say Philly yes, ball for life, man. <laughs> you know? No doubt about that, man. Got you, got you. So, you know, the reason, you know, because, like, I, as I stated up uh, from the top, that your posts are very thought-provoking. And one of your posts that you had, um, you know, provided or you provided me, you know, it, it struck me. And so, um, because I'm in that field. And Correct. and I, I really believe that, you know, physical, mental, social and emotional well-being is something that a lot of us deal, you know, deal with. And some some of us deal with it in a, uh, a real positive way and others deal with it in a negative way. And so you ask four questions. I broke them down. And and, and your first question is, what is mental health? Um, mental health can be uh, more so emotionally mm-hmm. um, and psychologically, but it can, but you know, those two impact you physically. Yeah. Um, so it can, it's a combination of all three, um, but it deals with your intellect and how you, how you deal with yourself, how you deal with stressors, um, how you uh, communicate, and how well you cope. Whatever is going on, yeah, definitely. Um, within your inner self. Mm-hmm. So it's more so inner and outer, but mm-hmm. whatever is inside will definitely impact you outside. Sooner or later, you will crack. You know, it's not. If it's not all together. Man, cracking. <laughs> like an egg, yeah. right? And, and so, so you know, dealing with the amount of youth, and you, and like you said, you you do more outside of the, the court than on how what have you seen that prompted 
you to ask these this question, you know, what is mental health? Um, over the last couple of years, well, several years that I've been working with youth uh, and their families, mm-hmm. um, I think more so the last three to four years, I've seen an increase of, of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen an increase of, of kids, even young kids, um, uh, having mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work at the hospital for the okay. so, you know, the last two years, I've been here, I think, more youth coming in for for drug intake, mm. um, for trying to uh, uh, hurt on themselves, mm. Mm. and it's just uh, it's, it's just increasingly lost. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of both females as well, so I don't want to exclude them, yeah. but definitely the male part as well. It's, it's, it's a huge part. Um, and then as well, what I which we uh, some of us understand, but um. As, as us growing up, especially my generation, we lost mm-hmm. family members, lost friends, we lost. But now it's like every single day yeah. that somebody's getting killed to murder. Yes. And I don't think we fully understand how much the impacts these kids psychologically, mm-hmm. um, emotionally. They have to go to school and, and just see it and talk about it. And, mm. You know, social media is so big, so can't, can't run away from it. Yeah. A lot of them, I mean, you know, in the African American society, a lot of us don't believe in, uh, in talking and mm-hmm. getting therapy. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what's going on inside these kids' heads. They don't, they may not physically show how they're feeling inside. Mm-hmm. And they seem okay, and they talk like they're okay, but really they're not okay. Yeah, definitely. They, they, they aren't. And the overload, as you said, and sometimes yeah. they become desensitized to, you know, what is happening or what has happened. And, you right. know, without the proper, you know, uh, services uh, available or even, you know, without someone that's willing to sit there and listen. You know, a lot of times we think we're listening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of people really don't think we're listening. Yeah. But then as well, I mean, a lot of us kids, I mean, I know it's parents and it's guardians, you know, they you know, always come talk to us, but a lot of the kids, they don't open up to their parents. Yeah. They, don't, they, yeah. they don't like that. They mm-hmm. don't like, the, we're not the first person or people they come talk to. Yeah, not at all. Their friends, mm-hmm. their people they, they hang with, they associate, their, their cousins, who's around that same age. And unfortunately, their cousins, the people they hang around, it's the same age as them, they go through the same stuff. Yes, yes. Same situation, so mm-hmm. they're not really getting help. It's just they're coping with it. Gotcha. Or they use drugs or they use uh, contraband and music to uh, figure out their anger and their frustration mm-hmm. around that they feel inside. Yeah, yeah. So you asked, like, how your second question was, how does it relate mm-hmm. to yourself or others around you? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so for someone that was listening or someone that read your post, uh, how does it relate mental health? Because as, again, as I stated, like we all deal with it. Some of us deal with it in a, in a, in a positive, some of us deal with it in a, in a negative way. And for myself, mental health, because of, you know, coming from an, an, an uh, environment that, you know, said, we don't, we don't talk, as you said, we don't talk about this, especially men, like toughen up, 
this is part of where we coming from. You're going to see it yeah. every day. You're going to have to deal with it. You know, exactly. and now now it's different, right? And so, you know, I'm probably about 15, maybe uh, years older. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, it, it definitely is a blessing. And I thank the Lord above that I, I reached it, you know. And so now it's a blessing as a, a child, as you said, a lot of their friends, like 13, 12. Right before it was 18 or 21, then for me it was 18. Now it's like, just let me get to 15. You know, like 15 years old, like really. And so, so relating for me, I can relate to it. But as you stated, more times a youth is going to relate, go to, to their pair who they really believe is more relatable and they can sit and actually have a conversation, but it might not be the right conversation. So that's that's your third question. Do you believe mental health is something youth and teens struggle with? And we both agree that they do. And this is a two part question. If so, how do you seek and find help? Because it, it, that that weight that you that that you feel right, it, it is an emotional weight which feels like it's physically weighing you down. Which yeah. it, it is right. That's I mean, Correct. once you become vulnerable and you and, and, and who who cares if you cry, right? T- yeah. Tears is yeah. actually good for our health. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, yes, sir. and, and, and yeah, that eternal. Internalizing can really destroy you physically, as you said, the emotional pain that can now turn into physical uh, pain 
which can right. show, which shows, you know, through our weight yeah. loss, you know what I'm saying? Um, right. Hair loss, all types of things that can, you know, start to um, develop physically. And our fourth, your fourth question that you asked, are they able to access service or even believe they are necessary? And whew, talk about that. It's funny because uh, I just asked my guys for the room the best um, that same question. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, they do. I mean, they do have counselors at school. Mm-hmm. Um, he do know how to reach out to uh, people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a lot of them don't have that relationship with their counselors. Mm-hmm. Or their counselors may have a different role in the school where they all don't feel comfortable speaking with that. Specific counselor. Yeah. Um, I'd say nowadays, though, I mean, especially if a school understands that uh, that a child may be going through some things, they do. I say a lot of schools do uh, try to get that child help. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I know as far as a teacher, when I was a teacher, I mean, if we knew a child was going through something um, um, inside school, outside of school, we'll definitely try to get that child as much help as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also the, the, the parent's responsibility and also the child's responsibility to continue to come because we're just not going to force it upon them. Yes, yes. Um, and that's the, that's the other issue. A lot of, a lot of kids not willing to, to do it voluntarily. And then if they don't have their parent support at home, then it's, it's almost like they not go themselves. If they, if they go themselves. Mm-hmm, yeah. Which um, Yes, indeed. Losing, losing a loved one, losing a, a best friend, you know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. A guy was uh, talking the other day, and he said, you know, he works at the Youth Study Center, and he was say, speaking the same thing, like you know, like the young guys, they they fight. First, they want to do is fight, or like I'm gonna shoot you when we get out of here. I'm gonna see you. Yes, sir. All right, and he asked him, well, what's that's all about? And, you know, they replied, like, you know, they killed my homie. You know what I mean? My homie lived in my block. I'm going to ride for my block. And he said, so you're going to ride for your block. But once you ride for your block and you do something like commit murder, your block is no longer there. Right. And he said, man, look, whatever. That's what I know. And, and Yeah. So that's that in itself is, you know, terrifying, you know, because. Some of you know the youth out here really that pain, the lack of ability, the lack of coping skills, and the lack of the inability to actually seek service, as you said, your, your godson said it is. And some schools do, not all schools, but some schools do, yeah, so, yeah. And I think that can that's like a vital uh, part. And I don't know if. It should be left up to the school or like individuals like yourself or myself who have, you know, contact uh, with the youth can actually do something. You know, what I mean, I know it all takes it takes money, it takes time, you know, um, but it takes bodies. 
<laughs> and, yeah. and people knowing what they're doing, you know. And, um, exactly. Yeah, so how are you exactly. dealing, like, how are your gentlemen that you know that you come in contact with? Because all of this that we talked about and something new, a new normal that is occurring outside of the violence that has been, you know, for years. Um, right. Now we have the virus. We have schools shut down. We have young men and women who cannot do what young men and women do, like the end of their senior, junior. You know, they, they're just missing a lot of time. And so schools right. might actually be over. What are some of you guys saying as far as that? How is that affecting them <laughs> mentally? Seems like that because Philly is now. Yeah, it seems like that. Currently. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's out of our control, currently. Mm-hmm. The one thing we can do is stay home. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And because you said, it's man, I mean, everybody that I speak with, they, you know, they, have, you know, have their different viewpoints, but ultimately, we all agree that it is is a situation that. You only could, you know, control what you can, right? Correct. And part of, uh, like, seeking services and how do we deal with it um, as adults, as youth, you know, as men, as women, as older adults, um, black or white, you know, doesn't really matter, um, all of those things. But I, I have, like, it's called circles of concern or circle of control, right? And the circle of concern, people with large circles of a concern, they tend to worry about things that they have no control over. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the energy is wasted on the things that don't matter. So like a circle of concern could be in a certain concerns the weather, other people, celebrities, wars, the economy, terrorism the news, natural disasters, right? And in that circle of concern, you have your job. This is in the small, it's like a donut. In the little hole, you have your job, what you buy, what you read, your house. We don't really worry about those things. We worry about all the other things. This is the concern that we have, right? Which really 
is what we just talked about with our youth that we they worried about a lot of things, but here's that which the circle of control. They don't know that they can control a lot because they so much worried about the things that they are concerned about, right? What you eat, this is what you can control. What you eat, skills you learn, what you read, your job, your house, places you go, what you buy, what you say, your attitude. You know what I'm saying? So people with this, this large, it's large, large circle of control focus their time and energy on things that they are within their control. And although they probably still worry about other people. <laughs> of course. Of course. You know what I mean? So that's something that like I usually do that when I have clients like male clients. And we talk about, you know, control because that's big, that's a great man. Point. Yeah, that's it's a great point. It's big. It's big. And, sure. you know, and when they realize like that, so I say, well, what's your concern? Draw your circle and tell me what are the things that you're concerned about. And then draw your circle and tell me what are the things that you control. Not the things I told you, but the things that are really going on that you can that you control and see if you can, you know, see and recognize concern versus control and how do we get to those concerns down, minimize those concerns down to the things that we can control. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that's a great PowerPoint too, right there. You know. Thank you. So, yeah, man, uh, like you said, the control of So what is uh how can the people if you're doing something do you do workouts what do you, what do you do um, like what do you got going on now My support is always with you. I support anything positive, man. Anything positive, you know, especially, you know, a black male. You know what I mean? Again, like I said, you're a dragon. 
You know what I mean? Our alumni. Um, and I, I wish nothing but success for you and, and, and good uh, health to you and your family. Um, and, uh, you know, I welcome you back anytime. Um, and I, I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir, man. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, have a wonderful night. Yeah, I appreciate it. I want to be back on, too. Thank you. Yep, yep. Take it easy, Warren. All right, sir. All right. All right, there you have it. That's our last segment in this episode, episode 10, season one. Great conversations with four unique individuals from the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we'll be right back with the last word. We're back. Last segment, we had an awesome show. And I'd like to thank Kenyatta Bay. I would like to thank Kevin Slaughter. And I'd like to thank Warren Eddy. All of them are in schools. All of them are black males. And all of them are making a difference in our youth's lives and our community. Positive role models is something that is desperately needed to combat the violence, to combat the trauma, to combat the mental health issues that exist in our youth of today. So our next episode, episode 11, I'm hoping and I'm praying to get some women and let's talk about the things, their viewpoint on what they see and how they are dealing and how they model positive behavior and speech with the populations that they service and that they interact with daily. So this is the Math Therapist and you are listening to the I Am Somebody podcast where every day is a fresh start. And our final word is this. Every mission begins with the vision. See you next time. Don't skip time.